little background on my story. Um, before the age of two, I was, uh, my mom got addicted to drugs and alcohol, and I was in foster care for the first time before the age of two. And all the way up to the age of nine, I was um, in and out of foster care for a few months to a year. I don't really know the details perfectly, but I was in and out of foster care, just back and forth. Um, every time it was mainly the same reason. My mom was addicted to drugs again, or she never really got off of them, but she would get straightened up enough that I could come back and stay with her. Um, but then she'd mess up again, I'd go back. Um, at the age of nine, we moved to Arkansas. We were living in Kentucky. I don't know where we're at in Kentucky, but we were living in Kentucky. And we moved to Arkansas, and within a few months to maybe, a few weeks to a few months at the most, um, I didn't see my mom, but maybe three or four times. She would drop me off at random people's houses and leave, and I wouldn't see her for a while. Well, I went into foster care not long after that, and from that time, I was in all kinds of different homes, from Helena to DeWitt to Four City, just all kinds of different homes and all kinds of different schools. Well, um, Richie and Janine, they uh, were going through foster care classes, and I guess they decided they wanted to adopt. Well, I was living in Dewood at the time, and for about three or four weeks, I'd come and I'd spend the weekend with, with them, and uh, I came to church here with them. Um, and then about four weeks later, I moved in with them, and that was on Valentine's Day. Moved in with them and I had to stay six months and they adopted me on August 28th, 2013. And I've been with them since. Um, I ain't really got nowhere else to go. Uh, <laughs> well, anyways, um, when me and Dustin started talking about it uh, and then whenever he asked me if I'd preach on Wednesday night, he asked me what I'd preach over and I told him probably... Um, uh, he asked me just a topic and I told him probably it would be not to ever give up on God and um, then we started talking more and Joseph came to mind and Dustin liked it so we picked the story of Joseph because the story of Joseph and my story refers to each other really closely they're not exactly the same but they have close circumstances and uh, that's why I chose this topic of Joseph um, I'm reading Genesis 37, chapter 37, verses 3 through 4. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons, because Joseph was his son, to, was a son born to him in his old age, and he made a robe of many colors for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not bring themselves to speak a peaceful, peaceful word to him. Um, so Joseph knew that his brothers hated him. I mean, it says it that they didn't, they couldn't speak a peaceful word to him. Um, so you would think he'd kind of lay low and think about, he'd think about what he says to him or thinks about what he does around them, which he really doesn't. I mean, you know, just a little bit later in verses five through eight, it says, um, Joseph had a dream when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. 
There we were, binding sheaves of grain in the field. Suddenly my sheaf stood up and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Are you really going to reign over us? His brothers asked him, are you really going to rule us? So they hated him even more because of, because of the dream he had said. Well, now you think about it. Joseph just told them a story um, saying, well, one day you're going to bow down before me. And uh, he's the youngest one right now, youngest brother out of all of them. And um, in my opinion, I wouldn't take that very kindly if my little, little brothers were telling me that I was going to bow down before them. Well, not long after that, uh, he has another dream. And in this dream, it's the same way, except for he adds his mom and his dad to it. And he tells his brothers the dream again. Uh, he tells his father the dream. And now his brothers hated him more than ever because he done told them twice that one day they were going to bow before him. <clears throat> well, in chapter 37, 20, Chapter 37, 18 through 20, they, oh, never mind, sorry, let me back up. Um, one day, uh, Joseph's brothers were off in the distance, not really saying how far away they were, but they were with his father's flocks, and uh, Jacob asked, sent uh, Joseph to find them, took, gave him some food, took him some food, and um, whenever his brothers saw him, they started planning on killing him. Um, that's it's kind of crazy in my opinion. But, uh, I mean, that's what they did. They hated him so much they were planning on killing him. Um, 18 through 20, it says, They saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes the dreamer. Come on, let's kill him and throw him in the, into one of the pits. He can say that a, we can say that a vicious animal ate him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Well, before he even got there, Joseph's brothers were planning on killing him. But uh, Joseph had one brother, Reuben, who was, I mean, he, he was like, no, don't kill him. It's a brother. Uh, there's no need in killing our own brother. Uh, he comes up with the idea to just throw him in the pit and let him die, like of natural causes. Well, secretly, Reuben was planning on coming back to uh, rescue Joseph later, after, I guess, after everything died down and moment wasn't as bad. Um, well, when Joseph arrives, they attack him. They rip off all of, his, all of his, like, his clothes, his robe, and everything, and they throw him in the pit. Well, they sit down to, to eat not long after that. And in uh, 23 through 28, it says, when, Joseph, oh, well, yeah. when Joseph's came to his brothers, they stripped off his robe, the robe of many colors that he had. When they took him and threw him into the pit, the pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat a meal. They looked up, and there was a caravan of Israelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were carrying aromatic gum, balsam, and resin going down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What do we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Israelites and not lay a hand on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And they agreed. When, when the Mennonite traders passed by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the pit and sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the Israelites who took Joseph to Egypt. Um, as far back as I can remember, like clearly, um, the most one that sticks out to me the most is when I was nine, when I went to foster care the last time. 
uh, the people who came and got me, I was at my grandma's house. Um, they pretty much, they just came and grabbed me, took me to the car, and uh, we left. Um, in Joseph's story, uh, Joseph was sold into slavery. Um, no, I wasn't sold into slavery, but um, at the age of nine, I had no say-so in where I went or whether or not I stayed with my grandma or not. Mm. So um, one thing is, is since I grew up in DHS, I knew a lot about it, and the one thing I didn't understand was why can't I do what I want or why can't I go where I want to be? Well, being that jo Joseph was sold into slavery, he had no say-so at all what he did. Like, he was just sold for 20 pieces of silver. I don't know what that equals up to, but I don't figure it's a lot. Um, being that I was in DHS, I had no say-so on where I went. So that's one thing that sticks out to me between mine and Joseph's story is uh, we both were put in a circumstance where we had no clue what was going to happen or why we were there or what, what was going to happen afterwards or if we were ever going to get home. And Joseph's brother sold him into slavery, and he was taken to Egypt. And uh, when he got there, <clears throat> when he got there, uh, Potiphar, he went to Potiphar's house, and he was a, he was uh, Potiphar's slave. He was doing his work, doing whatever he needed to do, whatever Potiphar told him to do. And over time, uh, Joseph, everything he did was successful because God was with him. Uh, God was always with Joseph; He never left him. Um, and so everything he did while he was in Potiphar's house was successful. So Potiphar noticed that, and um, over time passed, uh, Potiphar put Joseph head over his house, and um, Joseph was a slaver, was enslaved, and he was sold for 20 pieces of silver, and now he's running, a, running his slave owner's house. The only person in the house who is over him is Potiphar himself, which owns the house. And that right there shows that God was with Joseph. I mean, just, there's nothing else you could say that God wasn't with him because Joseph was a slave and now he's running the household, running the crop, running everything that has to do with Potiphar's house. So God, I mean, just God had the plan for Joseph. He had, Joseph didn't know what it was. God had the plan for him that he was going to be sold into slavery and then go to Potiphar's house and become head over his house. Well, and, um, while he was doing this, uh, while, while God had him going through these circumstances and while Joseph was head over Potiphar's house, uh, Potiphar's wife um, tried to pursue Joseph and uh, several times over and over again would try to pursue after him and try to get with him and stuff. Well, um, Okay, well, one day, uh, he, whenever she grabbed, up, grabbed him and was talking to him, uh, he ran, he just ran, and she had a hold of his robe. Well, when he ran off, his robe came off, and uh, she had his robe in his hand, in her hand, and um, she took the robe, held on to it, kept it, and whenever Potiphar came home, in uh, 13 through 20 of uh, chapter 39, she had she had made up this entire lie about whether what Joseph had actually done, but it was, wasn't true. 
verse 13. When she saw that he had left his garment with her and had ran out outside, she called the household servants. Look, she said to them, my husband brought a Hebrew man to make a fool of us. He came to me so he could sleep with me, and I screamed as loud as I could. When he heard me screaming for help, he left his garment with me and ran outside. She put Joseph's garment beside her until his master came home. Then she told him the same story. The Hebrew slave you have brought to us came to make a fool of me. But when I screamed for help, he left his garment with me and ran outside. After his master heard the story, his wife had told him, These are the things your slave did to me. He was furious. He had, he had him thrown into prison where the king's prisoners were confined. So Joseph was there in prison. Um, so Joseph then went through three things that's pretty pretty bad in my opinion. Uh, he was sold into slavery, and that, then he goes from being a slave to being up high. I mean, he's over Potiphar's house, and then he goes back down to the bottom of the chain. I mean, he's he's in prison. And in my opinion, there's nowhere worse to be. Um, he was in prison for something he didn't do. It wasn't true. Well, God was still with Joseph. God never left Joseph. And uh, Joseph was doing great. I mean, he had everything. He was do Everything he did was successful while he was in prison. And the prison guards um, noticed that Joseph was doing successful things and nothing bad was happening to him. So the guards put Joseph in charge of every other prisoner in the prison. And um, that's kind of cool to me because Joseph was a prisoner and he was in charge of the prisoners. Um, and that also shows, that's another point that shows that God was with Joseph <clears throat> and was always with Joseph and had, the, had a plan for Joseph. Well, not long later, um, the pharaohs, cupbearer and baker, um, I don't know what they did, but uh, they were thrown in jail. And they had both had a dream in chapter 40, verses 1 through 5. After this, the Egyptians' king, cupbearer and baker, offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with them, with his two officials, and the chief cupbearer and chief baker, and put them in custody of the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned Joseph to them, and he became their personal attendant. And they were in custody for some time. The Egyptians' kings, cupbearer and baker, who were confined in the prison, each had a dream. Both had a dream on the same night, and each dream had its own meaning. Well, now the cupbearer and baker um, are in prison, and they have this dream. And I guess the next morning they were talking about it. Well, um, in 9 through 18, they tell Joseph what the dream was, and Joseph tells them what it means. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph. In my dream, there was a vine in front of me. On the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms came out. Its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is the interpretation, Joseph said to him. The three branches represent three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. So you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand the way you used to when, the way you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well for you, remember what I've what I what remember that I was with you. Please show kindness to me by mentioning me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this prison. For I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing that they should put me in the dungeon. 
When the chief cupbearer saw that the interpretation was positive, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. Three baskets of white bread were on my head. In the top basket were all sorts of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is the interpretation, Joseph replied. The three baskets represent three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from off you and hang you on a tree. Then the birds will eat the flesh from your body. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he gave a feast for all of his servants. He lifted up his head of the chief cupbearer and chief breaker. Pharaoh restored the chief cupbearer to his position as cupbearer and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But Pharaoh hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had explained to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Well, um, a normal person uh, can't tell a person what their dream means and be 100% true. Um, so that right there is another point that I, I saw that God was with Joseph and God had a plan for Joseph and um, was, I mean, it might have been a rough plan, but God had a plan for Joseph. And uh, he, God just showed Joseph what it meant and showed, every, showed Joseph how to tell the cupbearer and baker um, what it meant and gave him the opportunity to tell him. Well, not long later, uh, Pharaoh has a dream. And when Pharaoh has a dream, uh, his dream is it's a lot different than the cupbearer and baker's. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Um, in verses uh, 41 16, uh, Joseph says that God told him what the dreams meant and gave full credit to God. And I'll oh wait, never mind. Back up, sorry. In uh, 41 1 through 13, Two years later, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing beside the Nile when seven healthy-looking, well-fed cows came up from the Nile and began to graze among the reeds. After that, seven other cows, sickly and thin, came up from the Nile and stood beside the cows along the bank of the Nile. The sickly, thin cows ate the healthy, well-fed cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep and dreamed a second time. Seven hens of grain, plump and ripe, came up on one stalk. After then, seven heads of grain, thin and scorched by the east wind sprouted up the thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven plump ripe ones the pharaoh woke up and it was only a dream the morning came and he was troubled so he summoned all the magicians of egypt and all its wise men the pharaoh told his dream to them none of them could interpret the dream then the chief cupbearer said to the pharaoh today i remember my faults pharaoh had been angry with his servants and he put me and the chief baker in custody of the captain of the guard. He and I had a dream on the same night. Each dream had its own meaning. Now a young Hebrew slave of the captain of the guard was with us there. He told him, we told him our dreams. He interpreted our dreams for us and each had its own interpretation. It turned out just the way he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position and the other man was hanged. The Pharaoh sent for Joseph and they quickly brought him from the dungeon. He shaved, changed his clothes and went to Pharaoh. Well, not long after that, I mean, wait, never mind. Joseph is now, I mean, he went from being in jail and now he's out of jail and he's with, he's with the Pharaoh and the Pharaoh tells him his dream and uh, Joseph, I mean, the Pharaoh is just, no one the Pharaoh summoned could tell, tell him what the dream meant and Pharaoh 
tells Joseph the dream, and Joseph tells him what it means. And when Joseph tells him what it means, he tells the Pharaoh that there's going to be seven years of prosperity and all the crops are going to be great and everything's going to happen exactly how you want it to happen. And then after that, there's going to be seven years of famine and drought and everything's, everything's going to be exactly what you don't want it to be. Well, whenever uh, Joseph tells Pharaoh this, um, Pharaoh gets to saying, well, you can't, no, none of my wise men, none of my magicians could tell me what my dream meant. So who is there a better man to put in charge of my, of my country or whatever you want to call it than, than you? And uh, who else is, who other than you should run it? Well, Pharaoh uh, puts Joseph as like governor of Egypt and gives him a, a ring that shows that he's high up on the, on the chain of command of the, of the country. And he also um, puts Joseph in charge of like a grain thing of like keeping up with grain for the seven years of famine later. Well, so now Joseph went from being a kid who sold into slavery for 20 pieces of silver to being head over his uh, master's house to prison to now being second in command of Egypt. Well, when I think of that, I just, I'm just, that shocks me really bad because I can promise you one thing. If that was my circumstances, by the time I was in prison, I'd be asking God, why are you doing this? Or what's going on? Are you even there? But um, as, as I've been reading, not once has Joseph even asked why or even questioned one thing God was doing. Um, so Joseph had an amazing strength, in my opinion. Um, if, I had got, if I had Joseph's strength, I don't know what I'd do with it because um, growing up, going through the circumstances I went through, uh, being, I wasn't sold into slavery. I was just put in DHS. Uh, that's not nearly as bad as sold into slavery, at least I don't think it is. Um, I asked God a lot, why? Why are you doing this? What's going on? But Joseph never did. Um, and that, that helps me a lot. Um, I mean, it gives me a, a thing to think about. Um, and it just helps me. Um, well, later on, after the se- as the seven years of prosperity go on, Joseph collects as much grain as he can find. Um, I mean, it's so much grain that he can't even keep records of it. And I don't know how high they could count back then, but they, that's a lot of grain. Um, so the seven years pass by, and now the seven years of famine start. And when the seven years of famine start, uh, Joseph has saved up so much grain. I mean, it's, it's probably unreal how much it really was. It doesn't say exactly how much he has. It just says that it was so much that he couldn't keep records of it. Um, so the seven years of famine start. And if you go back and look, all the things Joseph went through have led up to this one moment. And this one moment um, was salvation for for. Egypt and whoever was around Egypt, all the people in Egypt, because if God would have never gave or never allowed Joseph into the one one spot where he was sold into slavery, where his brothers attacked him and threw him in a pit and sold him for 20 pieces of silver, if God wouldn't allowed him to be in that one situation, then who knows if the rest of the situations would have fell in hand and 
So God had a plan from the very beginning. I mean, yeah, in my opinion, the, his plan was rough for Joseph because that's some hard stuff to go through, slavery. And just, I mean, DHS wasn't slavery, but it has a lot of uh, similar things. Like one day you can be somewhere and one day you're somewhere else. I could go to sleep in one home one night and the next morning if the family didn't want me there, I had to pack my bags and go sit in a, an office somewhere for six or seven hours until they found a home. No telling how many counties over, no different school, different people, and people I didn't know. But uh, God allowed that one circumstance from the beginning of Joseph's story to lead to the part where Joseph head over, he's second in command of Egypt, and he's saving, saving Egypt from famine because um, God allowed him to go through the circumstances to make him a stronger man and to give him the, a reason to save Egypt. And he allowed Joseph there to save Egypt. Um, God put me through my circumstances because for salvation, the same reason he put Joseph through it, just it was my salvation um, and my mom's salvation. Uh, also, um, because if uh, I'd have never been put in DHS, the, maybe not the first time, but definitely when I was nine, the last time, I'd probably either be dead or somewhere out on the streets on drugs, alcohol, probably not be in school. Um, so God saved me from a life of drugs and alcohol and all that, but he put me through rough situations well, he, he allowed me to go through rough situations to lead me to a point where I had nowhere to get turned but to him. Uh, last year at camp, uh, I trusted the Lord. And before that, I always asked, is the God even real? Why, is, does God even love anyone? Because he allows a kid to go through the circumstances I went through, not being with my mom or my brothers. Um, my dad was never around, um, so that really didn't change. Uh, but he put me through the circumstances, and in my mind, I couldn't comprehend the fact that it was leading up to a point later in life that I had nowhere to go but to him. Uh, I asked questions all the time, like, do I even need God? And uh, I was to the point where if, if I died, I didn't care if I went to hell because I didn't, I didn't want God because he put me through things that I didn't like um, and I didn't want to go through. But I didn't know that he had a complete plan for me from the day I was born to tonight, tomorrow, and just later on in life. Um, his plan for me was salvation because, like I said earlier, if it wouldn't have been for that day when I went into foster care in ninth grade, or at nine years old, not ninth grade, um, I, I don't know for sure, but I don't feel like I'd be saved because uh, I would have never had the opportunity to go to that student life camp last year and the one before that. I wouldn't be at this church. Um, I wouldn't be with Richie and Janine. Uh, probably wouldn't ever even been in a church, honestly. Because <clears throat> uh, as far back as I remember, I don't even know anything about church until I went to foster care. Um, the main reason that uh, I like the story of Joseph is one thing is I know the story really good 
when, uh, when I first got into DHS, I had a comic book Bible. And uh, I would sit in like the back row of the church with the Foster family, and I would read the story of Joseph. I read it every Sunday in this comic book Bible. It was like really action-packed, and I loved it. Uh, and that was the only thing I knew about the Bible at the time. Um, but until Dustin asked me to make a, make a, a lesson, sermon, whatever you want to call it, uh, and when I used the story of Joseph, I never really noticed that we were so closely tied together. I just read it because it was cool. I liked it. And uh, it was probably the only book I actually read. Um, so, and then when I started reading it and studying it for, the, for this lesson, uh, I realized that we had a really close, close life. It wasn't exactly the same, but it had meanings of the same. Like, he was in slavery, I was in DHS, uh, but it all led up to one moment. And it led up to tonight, um, or not tonight, but that night at, at camp, whenever they were singing a song, um, He is My Refuge. And I never really, never heard the song before, um, but the song really spoke to me. And I realized that I was wrong for questioning everything God put me through or allowed me to go through. Because I don't think he put you through circumstances that are bad because he's, he's not that kind of God. Yes, he, he'll allow you to if it's for the better good, cause, but he has a plan for you. He had, a, he had my plan written down way before I was born. And uh, I realize that now. I didn't realize it before. I always wondered why he allowed me to go through that situations. Um, and I know a lot of people would probably think, well, I don't know why he even believes in God. I mean, I know nobody here would, but uh, since last, or not last Wednesday, Wednesday before when I said this sermon to the youth group, I've thought about it a lot. And uh, I know a lot, I feel like a lot of people would have never even trusted in God if they went through the things I went through. I don't know that for sure, but I feel like it would. And uh, I think, I thank God now for everything I went through because he, he even allowed my circumstances. My mom's in prison now. I don't know when she gets out, but I know I'll be like probably 30 years old. Uh, my salvation, it didn't lead her to salvation, but my mom's circumstances were with drugs and alcohol put her in prison. And I know that's not a good thing, but I'm thankful for it because uh, she is my mom. I love her. Uh, and if she wasn't being in prison, she'd probably be dead. But she's trusted in the Lord now. She's, she reads her Bible as much as I know she does. Um, we talk a lot. Um, she's a Christian now. She, I guess she's repentant for everything she's done in the past, and I'm thankful for that. She's, her salvation, I mean, her past led to her salvation, and my past led to my salvation. And uh, my past can't change. There's nothing in my past that can change. Um, I don't think God is going to rewind time and change anything. But um, my, my past is difficult sometimes. It's di- not difficult for me to talk about, really. But uh, it, it just sticks there a lot. I mean, I think about it a lot. And the things that 
that I've read here lately in the in the book of Joseph, or well, in the story of Joseph, um, and the things I've thought about uh, since I've trusted in the Lord have eased a lot of a lot of pain in the past. Like I never blamed my mom for anything. I always thought DHS was the problem, or or thought God was the problem. That's why I was where I was at. Uh, I realize now that everything was written down. Everything had a had a plan for me. God had a path for me. And I didn't like the path, now that I look at it, um, but I'm thankful for the path. It was rough. Uh, I wouldn't want to change anything in the path. And God has a plan for everyone, uh, no matter what your circumstances is. He's, he's there. I mean, you might not think he is, because I, I sure didn't think he was. Uh, he, he wants to be, be in your heart. He, um, he's going to allow some rough things to happen. It's not going to be easy, uh, but he does that so you have nowhere. I mean, some people are stubborn. I was. Uh, once you have nowhere else to turn, you really can't do anything but turn to God. And I feel like that's where I was at. Um, I could have turned a different direction, but I didn't have anywhere else to go. It was just going to keep ending up at the same point. Um, and God has a plan for everybody. I mean, Everybody in this room, everybody on the earth, everybody on earth, really, um, and his plan might be a little different than yours, but he has the correct plan, and uh, he wants you to, he wants to be in your heart to allow the path that you're going down to be easier, no matter what it is. If he's in your heart, I mean, if you're trusting in him and allowing him to take you whichever direction he wants to go, it'll be a lot easier. Because I mean, it's a lot easier for me to think about my path, past now. Uh, that I trust in the Lord, and I mean everything I do is because of Him. I'm breathing because of Him, um, and I thank God for that. And uh, He He wants to be in y'all's hearts. He wants to be in everybody's hearts. And if you just open up your heart and let Him in and talk to Him, I mean, sometimes you don't want to talk to other people about your problems. Uh, you can talk to God. I don't think He's gonna tell anybody. Um, so the main reason I chose this topic is because Joseph never questioned anything God did. Um, he never once wondered why, never once asked why, but he knew. He did, he did, I don't think he knew God had, had a plan for him to be second in command of Egypt, but he knew that God was the correct thing. Um, and I look at that, that gives me strength because... I didn't. I never thought God would have a. I never thought ever that I'd be up here talking in front of a church, or in front of a youth group. Um, but the things God allows me to go through led me to this point. And uh, if anyone doesn't have God in their heart and or is struggling with anything from the past or any circumstances going on right now, the best thing to do and for me and the best thing to help me was just to talk to God and trust God, allow him into your heart, allow him to take you down the path he wants to go down. Because overall his path is is gonna be the best one because I mean it's his path or hell. Um and I thank God for everything he's done for me. And I hope that everyone everyone is um here tonight that's is, will trust in the Lord and allow him into your heart, allow him down the path that you want to go down.